Welcome to today's Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dory DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, breaking those myths that mompreneurs and businesswomen, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that we're just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done, we're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life. And I love when I have women return to our show. So I'm thrilled to be bringing Erin back. As the mother of two young girls and the holder of a a master's degree in gender and international development, Erin Prather Stafford is acutely aware that fixing gender imbalances in the media is key to changing gender disparity everywhere. That's why she launched Girls That Create in 2019, which supports the parents and caregivers of creative girls. The site provides parenting resources while encouraging greater female representation across the arts. Before GTC, Erin was the executive producer of the award-winning documentary, Wonder Woman, the untold story of American superheroines. The film had its national broadcast on Independent Lens PBS and traces the fascinating evolution and legacy of Wonder Woman. It also examines the portrayal of powerful women in mass media and why representation matters. And now more than ever, the importance of what you are doing, Erin, is critical. So welcome back to Word of Mom Radio. Thank you, Dory. I'm so happy to be back. It's my pleasure to have you. And you know what? For those who didn't get a chance to hear your first episode or need a refresher, tell us your inspiration and why you launched Girls That Create and why it's so important for it to exist. So back in 2013, when Wonder Woman came out as a documentary, um, the film, yes, focused on Wonder Woman, but then also asked the question about who's making the media that we're all consuming And when you kind of looked at the numbers, you realized that that was definitely heavily leaning towards men who were behind the scenes, leadership positions and decision makers. And throughout, you know, from 2013 to about 2019, you know, there were the young kids and all sorts of stuff going on. And around 2019, I thought, oh, I'm sure things have gotten better. And I did a little reading and discovered a statistic that basically said there were more women filmmakers of blockbuster films, I think in 2008 and 2018, it was, it was, it just shocked me that it hadn't actually gotten better. And I started kind of digging more and more and realizing that the numbers across multiple areas in the arts were that way, whether it be, you know, who's writing the songs that we're listening to skewed very male heavily. And then, you know, who was, you know, who are the newscasters? Who's on the, who's doing the news? Like all these different things. And I just kind of went, this is just really, it's almost 2020 and here we are. And I just got grumpy. So I was pushing the, the, you know, my joke is I was pushing the card at target and it hit me. I was like, what if I 
create a site for parents and caregivers who have creative girls, a lot like what a lot of folks have done for girls who are interested in STEM. Because I kind of was like, you know what? The STEM is important. And I've got a daughter who's really STEM oriented and I am 100% on board with supporting girls who want to pursue those types of careers. But on the flip of that, I also think we need to be supporting girls who want to pursue careers in the arts because, you know, I laugh and say, who's going to write about all the amazing women in STEM and needs to have the women over in the arts who can write all the stories. So yeah, and that's how it came to be. And I uh, launched in 2019 with this whole idea of wanting to really give Again, Parents and Caregivers of Creative Girls, a site that supports them. I have to ask you about your parents. What did they do for a living? How did they influence you to be such a champion? You know, it's interesting. So when I was younger, my parents actually started their own business. So I am the daughter of entrepreneurs. They started a light and sound system company. It was called the Electric Gear Productions. And what that means is when you go to big concerts and you see the lights running, they're all the lights going and the sound and the guys at the boards running everything. That's what my parents did. So I actually ended up growing up behind backstage at shows more than in front of the stage. So much so that one time, apparently when I was young, my mom loves the story. uh, I asked her, can we please this one time just go sit in the front with the people instead of backstage? (laughs) Because I wanted to experience that, you know, community of watching a show with everyone else in front. And she just thought that was amusing because, of course, a lot of people, their whole dream is to be backstage. But I think from that, you know, my parents ran that business together. I think that really instilled in me every day watching them an example of watching parents do it together, you know, as a team and that they each brought their strengths to the business and also instilled my love of music and that I have really got a good understanding of how powerful art can be for others. Because when you go to live concerts, you can just see when people are just so engaged. I mean, that's what made the pandemic so many things hard, but we lost that sense of community of getting to go out and be with other people and experience something together. Um, And now we're finally slowly, you know, we're in this new chapter of it and kind of figure out how to live with all this and return to some of that. But I think that, you know, for me personally, that was actually one of the hardest things is giving up that sense of community and sharing with others when you see a beautiful art, something, whether it be a show, theater show, a concert, just being at the museum with others to see an amazing exhibit. Like those are important. I mean, that's what keeps us, I feel grounded and connected to each other. I agree. And, you know, it's amazing when you grow up with entrepreneurial parents, it's just the norm and you're not fighting your family when you start your own business. So with all of the representation in the mainstream media, why is it so important that girls are behind the camera just as much as it's important for them to be the main characters in front of the camera? It's kind of funny. So I'll say this. When you're an entrepreneur, like one of the first things you learn, everyone says, okay, remember, there's only one of you and no one can do things like you. Well, that also you know, applies to who's telling stories and writing stories and filming stories and sharing, the, you know, painting all the, no one can do it like that person. And, you know, a woman of color who grew up in a completely different state than myself, who grew up, you know, with these experiences, like all that is valuable and all that needs to be shared and all that needs to be put out for others to read, watch, you know, it's, it's such a huge piece of our connectedness as humans mm-hmm. and just 
putting someone in front of a camera to quote, check off a list to just say, oh, well, we got, okay, well, we have one Hispanic person and we have one black person and we have one Asian person. And we just check the boxes without actually diving deeper to say, what is the perspective they're bringing? What are the stories that they're telling? What is their input about that? I see that changing now, slowly, better. It could be, there could still leaps and bounds improve. We have to let people have opportunities to share their stories. And that's something that for way too long, we have failed at making sure that there is a nice, diverse library for all of us to consume and learn and grow from. So agreed. And again, only women can really give a woman's perspective. It's it's like men who want to teach women how to be this and how to be that. It's like, okay, we've been listening to you for a long time. Better for women to teach each other because we need to be encouraging. We need to be empowering of each other. My sister isn't my competition. She's my ally. That's the biggest thing I think women need to learn. And that's why I love what you're doing. You've created your Creator Spotlight series on the girls that create site. And I would love for you to tell us what made you launch the series and why it's so valuable for your readers. Sure. It's um, so it is a series of interviews that we do with women creators who do work in different types of, you know, arts, you know, writing, film, music, theater. And I started that series for two reasons. One, it was to help elevate the work of women that are doing amazing things. And then two, also, I wanted to debunk that whole starving artist concept that I think Parents, we are slowly evolving out of this, I hope, but for, you know, way too long, I feel, I mean, and it's right, the, the fear is rightly, I understand why there's this fear, but for parents and caregivers, it's like when a child comes and says, I'm going to be an actor. And they're like, oh my gosh, you're going to make no money. Or only if you make it in Hollywood, you're going to make no money. Or only if you, you know, it's like the fear of like, well, that's great, but can you be an actor and then also be a computer programmer? It used to be like, can you be a doctor and an actor or can you be an accountant and an actor? I mean, and now I feel like now it's kind of like, can you be a computer something and an actor and an artist? Because I just, I feel, I want as a parent and I get it, you want your child to be successful and, you know, be able to stand on their own two feet and take care of themselves and have, you know, stability through earnings. But I feel we need to be smart in how we're educating creatives about career choices. And I was one of the best quotes I got in my creators spotlight series was from a musician who said, all artists need to realize that they are entrepreneurs themselves because they are selling their work and need to be smart about how they run the business of making sure they are compensated for their art. I think that's getting better, but it's still nowhere near what needs to be, which is also why on Girls That Create, we actually have a section about finances and talking with your kids about finances because it starts young. And regardless of whatever your kid decides to do, you know, it's important to understand all that. But I especially think for creatives, they need, you know, it's even more important because again, you want to make sure like you're getting the right deal and you're getting compensated and you're, you know, you're partnering with a brand. What does that mean? And are they, you know, paying you what you're worth. And women notoriously do not get paid what they're worth, <laughs> sadly. Well, you chuckle, but it's an amazing thing that even in 2022, women are still fighting for equal pay, for equal work. I had a friend who was an executive for a major company. She was their telecommunications director on a global level. They would have had to freeze every guy underneath her for about five years 
for her to be making what the lowest guy on the totem pole was making. She ran the department. And their mm-hmm. attitude was, well, you know, you have a husband. And she's like, actually, I don't. I'm a single mom with two children. This is ridiculous. But, you know, here's the thing. You accepted the job mm-hmm. at that pay. It was your responsibility to make sure you were being compensated correctly. And it's true. Women have that fear of, oh, if I price myself too high, know your worth. You are worth it. You know, it's it's organic product. Is it going to cost you more money? Of course, it's going to cost you more money. Are you worth the money of what you're going to put on your face or your hair or your skin? Yes, you mm. are. So why use things that aren't healthy for you when you have alternatives? It's things like this. It's so important, especially for women. And again, performers, you are entrepreneurs. Your headshot is your business card. You are independent contractors. You go from show to show. I did theater professionally most of my life. I was director of theater in a college. And you know what? I was a big fish in a smaller pond. And I was really fortunate that one of the only professional theater companies in the area I worked with from its inception. So I never didn't get paid for my work ever. And I didn't grow up in the community theater world. And I have nothing against it because you've got great shows out there. Not everybody is going to get paid. I was fortunate. And you know what? You can, nobody has to be a superstar. You can make a comfortable living doing theater. I have a friend who does extra work and small bit parts, made a career of it, lives very comfortably, doesn't have to worry when they go out to eat, that everybody's going to be robbing their table. You know, it's the double-edged sword. What for you in the creator spotlight, what was the biggest eye-opening interview you had? I think, you know, that piece of advice about all artists or entrepreneurs was pretty open, you know, eye-opening. And I think, you know, what I love about the stories that I, you know, when I'm interviewing people for the spotlight series is to see how they came to be. What was the start of it? I will say I knew this, but it has been proven again and again and again that creatives who had an adult in their life, whether it be a teacher, a parent, a grandparent, someone who believed in their talent and their passion really made all the difference in them pursuing that as they got older. The other half of that is I hats off to every art teacher, every theater teacher, every choir teacher, music teacher, all teaching those extracurricular activities, because that also is definitely a thread about them making a big impact on these creators when they were younger. And you just see the other side of the journey and how that has led them to be where they are and the success that they've had. And I obviously I'm a big proponent of the arts and schools. And it's for a numerous reasons, that would be a whole nother podcast discussion. Just go thank your child's art teacher, choir teacher, music teacher. Next time you have a chance. <laughs> On that note, think about what Aaron just said and get those thank yous going. We're going to take a short break, say thank you to our sponsors. And we'll be back in just a moment here on Word of Mom Radio. Suit up Connecticut campers and join the bravest pack of pups around for the Paw Patrol experience only at camp in Norwalk. Camp Stores has teamed up with Spin Master Entertainment to create a fully immersive themed experience of Paw Patrol. Designed for young families, Paw Patrol Camp features a series of interactive family challenges, fun skill-based activities, and theme-based crafts and theater programming for kids of all ages. Go to camp.com forward slash the dash paw dash patrol dash experience 
for tickets. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often, our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some, the inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me, and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully, reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404. Or go to no such thing as a bully.com. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice, because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back here on Word of Mom Radio. We are here with the founder of Girls That Create, Erin Prather Stafford. And I want to ask you, with everything going on with the internet, all these kids now are able to tap into all kinds of media, which can be good, can be bad, whatever. What kind of tips do you have for parents as their kids are maneuvering on this uh, into this online world now? So I have a tween. She just graduated into the tween age group. So this is actually on my mind a lot right now because I'm in the middle of living this. And then my youngest is, you know, still elementary age. So not worry about that quite as much, but still being mindful. I now look at this whole trying to maneuver through everything, this whole online world as, and this is the visual I use when I think about it, is that when we start off, we're standing on a beach with our kid and we're holding our baby. And while we're standing there with the baby, then we move to, okay, the baby's sitting in the sand. And then, okay, the baby's crawling through the sand. Okay, now I'm going to introduce the baby to the water and the water, you know, you're wading out to the water together. Okay, I'm going to introduce to what are waves? What are riptides? What are rocks in the ocean? All these things to have to be mindful of. And then slowly we move to swimming. And the whole idea is that I think as parents, you know, our goal is that eventually my kid is going to swim away and I'm not going to see him. Did I prepare them enough to be able to swim away (laughs) and go live a good adult life? And with this whole internet and all the things going on, we would never just walk up and take the baby and toss it into the ocean and be like, good luck, you can swim. We have to think that same way with the devices and the internet and everything that's going on because we have to teach them how to use it. And the whole idea of, well, I just won't give my kid a phone ever or till they're like in high school. And I had to change my thinking about this as well, because originally I was more in that camp of like, well, I'll just wait till 15, 16. That doesn't work now, because when my kiddo gets on the bus and heads to her school, other kids have phones and they are showing her stuff, whether or not she has a phone or not. Suddenly I have to recognize that I can't close the doors to these things. 
So I have to have the discussions about consumption, messaging, algorithms. And I think of anything I could stress to parents is to educate yourself and your kids about the algorithms, especially in social media. This includes YouTube, which I always think parents forget that YouTube is a social media platform fed by algorithm. Their entire purpose is to keep you on the platform for as long as possible. And kids need to be educated to understand that. And I feel really fortunate to be a parent now than say a parent 10 years ago, because I feel we have such a better understanding about that idea of the business model for these platforms, which I don't think 10 years ago was understood. So it was a little bit more wild, wild west. Now I feel I have much better understanding to educate my kids to be thoughtful consumers of all of this different type of media. And, you know, to understand like, what's the messaging? Where is it coming from? Why are they creating this type of messaging? Are they trying to sell you something? I mean, it's no different than back in the day, you know, used to do education for women about magazine advertisements. You have to look a certain way to buy this product or you have to be, you know, all the body image stuff. Well, a lot of that's just transferred over onto the social now and the importance of educating and talking about that. And the other thing is to, and this was recommended to me and I agree, is to, if you have older kids, set your phones together and see what the algorithms are telling your kid and what they're telling you and how they are different. And talk about that with your kid to say that, like, look, we have the same app, but you're seeing all this and I'm seeing all that. Show them, what, and at, you know, why do you think this is? The interesting thing with that is you could search something that has nothing to do with a social media site you're on, all of a sudden, there's your ads coming up in your feed. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. And for me, I started out, I mean, I beta tested Twitter, betaed so many of these different platforms. And now I'm lucky my kids grew up, uh, catches in my throat, you know, they're 34, 32, and 30. They were already out of high school when all of this really happened. And ironically, none of them are on social media. Very rarely. They'll pop on once or twice a month. I'm on social media. I have a radio show. I have to be on social media. So I get to see all the changes. We talk about it in the business spotlight and everything else. But I think that that was fabulous advice that parents need to be aware of the algorithms and what's being put in front of your kids. So we're in really tumultuous times right now. But what's your greatest fear and what's your greatest hope in all of this, Erin? My greatest fear, my greatest fear is people disengage. It's too much, right? I think we've all been through a lot in the last couple of years between the pandemic and everything going on at levels of government and algorithm. If you really want to like make yourself feel bad, just get on an algorithm trip of, you know, terrible news. Ah. <laughs> I think though, the feeling of disengaging and if people, I, I worry about people disengaging and thinking they don't matter. It doesn't matter if I vote. It doesn't matter if I don't show up. Well, it doesn't matter if I don't go to that school board meeting. And it does matter. And it and it's hard, again, because also we're so bombarded with so many things now. And no one would be more happy than me to sit home and watch Netflix and just binge and like lay in, my, in the dark room and just forget about stuff. But we can't do that. And I think as parents, our obligation is not just to raising our kids on the day-to-day basis of how we take care of them. It's also trying to guarantee that the systems in place are there to support them and will be there going forward. 
And again, that means being engaged, being civically minded, and please just vote. <laughs> you know what? I'm serious. It shocks me that you think people would disengage and not vote. I think that this is going to be the biggest voter turnout ever. So that's my hope. So see that I always like it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so my hope is <laughs> that people are really coming and understanding and are getting, coming more engaged than ever in local politics and what's going on in their cities all the way up to the state and then the federal. Like everyone's understanding you can't just show up for the federal election every four years. Right. You've got to show up and participate every cycle to ensure and you know uh, what? your voice is heard. It's even superintendent of schools, your local representation, you know, it starts there. It is definitely from the bottom up, not the top down. You know, if we've learned anything, it, it trickle down doesn't work. You've got to start at the bottom level and build up. It's the same thing with trying to elevate the poor and build out the middle class. That's how our country becomes successful. It's how we've been successful. Trying to keep people poor is a drain on everyone. Bringing them up and building out the middle class wide is what makes America great. So as we're wrapping up, what are the biggest challenges facing Girls That Create today and how can listeners support what you are doing? I think when you have a platform or a site, the most challenging thing is to cut through all the chaos all everything going on, like to kind of get in front of people's eyes, to get in front of people's, you know, to pe for people to hear you. There's just so much now because of the internet, which is a good thing because it lends to more voices and diversity and opportunities for people to make their opinions heard and be discovered. On the other side of that coin is that it just feels like a constant race to kind of get in front and be like, oh, by the way, I'm here. I have this resource. I'm here. And sometimes as an entrepreneur, I think it can feel very mind draining to kind of, oh, I've got to do all the social media. I've got to go do the promotion over here. I got to make sure I call back this person. Oh, do I have time to actually be involved with this event, which would be good for my business, but it's just another thing to put on my plate. You know, we're, as entrepreneurs, we're constantly juggling all those needs. So I think that's probably the biggest challenge I have. I mean, sometimes I laugh if I didn't have girls, I would sometimes wonder if I would have just been like, yeah, social, I'm off. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, I see the benefits of being engaged online and, and you know the opportunity to meet so many amazing people and connect and support other women and other entrepreneurs like that I wouldn't trade because that's one of the reasons I get out of bed every day and do this. As far as supporting girls, two things. One, please come visit us www.girlsthatcreate.com. You know, come check out the site, follow us on social media. You'll see all the links on the site with the cute little social buttons. And then uh, we do have a memberful subscription service if you want to just chip in because it is an independent publishing site, which means we're, I'm trying to write for what the readers and the audience want and trying to address everything from raising creative kids to also sharing resources to just kind of what's going on in general with women issues. So that's another way you can support us. And we do have a store, which I'm laughing. I would get in trouble if I didn't mention that. We have a store now. We have stickers and, you know, some fun items, you know, winter's coming up. We have a fun little uh, winter hat beanie. That's really cute. So yeah, just any one of those things supports us and is greatly appreciated. I love it. And, you know, support women in the arts. You want to support them, go to their movies, buy their music. Yes, please go yeah. see, go to, go to an exhibit, go to a movie, buy their music, learn about them, what they're doing, their projects. 
any way that you can find out what women creatives are doing in your communities, go out and support them. Without a doubt, because women are out there making such a difference and we're doing it. And it's women supporting women. And you know what, guys? Get on the bandwagon. Support women's rights. Support women in the arts. It shouldn't just be the girls banding together because, you know, we've gone to see your movies. Come to see our stuff. It's reciprocity. You'll learn a little. We all learn. It's what a wonderful thing it is. And Erin, I so love what you do. You have no idea. I so love what you do. I want you here more and more because use our platform. Get the word out. We'll do everything we can to get the word out because what you're doing is really important. And it's important not only for the girls, but for the parents that are getting the support through Girls That Create. So I encourage you all go out, support this, get on the site, do what you can and just share. So Erin, thanks again. So appreciate you coming back. It was great to be back. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And for all of you tuning in, we're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying, go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. Sure of herself. Yes, she takes care of biz. Powerful and strong. Yes, she knows who she is. Has integrity. Woman strong and true. You know her by name. See, this woman is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. Adds value and hope. Has proved to be brave. See, it's never too late. Never time to behave. Reaching for dreams doesn't matter the age. Believes in herself. Unleashed from her cage. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is She is sure, she is strong, she is strong. She is